I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. Today's episode is a super special one for me, as uh, my guests are my father and my brother, um, which I think is cool, uh, and I hope that you guys dig it too. Um, I think I kept it pertinent to um, the podcast itself, uh, as... I know that I have spoken a lot over the last year about my love of Atlanta Braves baseball, um, and I thought that it would be cool for me and for you guys as listeners to be able to kind of hear where some of that came about. Um, My dad gets into a a lot of his history with the team. Uh, I mean, a lot of things that I didn't even know about his uh, fandom, so that was really, really cool, and, and I'm sure things that my brother didn't really know about it either, um, so we learned as you learned, or as you will learn eventually, I guess, uh, but it, it, it was a lot of fun, uh, for me, and I think it'll be fun for you guys to hear our little family banter, um, and my mom was in the room the whole time listening to us and, and being, uh, respectful of the podcasting and there was one time when she chimed in uh that I got a little chuckle out of maybe you guys will be able to um make it out in the background um so uh (laughs) also I tried to get my dad to stop hitting the table with his hands 15 times is that a, a decent number um because that's about how many it was, and uh, he's just a real emphatic talker, and I uh, got, I've, I, I am too, um, I've just been doing things like podcasting for longer, so I know you can't smack a table a bunch of times um, and expect it to sound good, so that was a silly thing that I had back and forth with my dad a few times. Uh, after we finished recording, um, uh, they both had a, a, a great time doing it. Uh, one of the things that they mentioned was that neither one of them was ever very good at baseball at all. Uh, neither did they. Uh, they also didn't even play it all that much. Both played at some point, um, but I thought they thought that was a funny little ironic thing uh, worth mentioning. Um, and I'd also like to throw in that uh, after my my dad uh talks at the end about how he feels like the Braves have really um influenced his life in general um both my dad and my brother uh teared up and it was really a little sweet little family nostalgic moment and uh we don't get to see each other enough moment um so it, it, it was really great uh I had a great weekend in general and this was a nice little um detour on it. It certainly wasn't me uh, copping out and just recording something with my family. It was me wanting to record something with my family. So I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I did. Um, You know, maybe at some point, a few years down the road, when my two-year-old nephew uh, can speak in full sentences, well, I mean, he's doing pretty well for himself thus far, but you know, when he could have an an intelligent conversation, um, he'll be a guest, and then we'll just have all kinds of generations and things like that. Who knows, man? The future's ours. Uh, speaking of the future, let's do show plugs. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Wednesday is at 8 at the Playground Theater. Squall, my Playground team, will be playing in the new, new show that is for at least the rest of the month of May. Uh, Fridays at 8 at the One Group Mind Theater. Um, from now until May 23rd, I will be playing with, uh, my team, Reagan Reagan, at the corner of Sheffield and Newport. I only say through, uh, until May 23rd because I will not be playing with them starting May 23rd because I will be opening a show with 
the Nerdalogs called Lord of the Wrigley the Fellowship of the Cubs, which I'm super jazzed about. My dad's uh, going to try to make a trip with my mom to come check that out. So I think you should too, because they'll be coming from South Carolina. And you may very well be coming from Chicago, but like, I don't know. I guess there's a potential that people outside of Chicago listen. Um, so, you know, maybe that's six weeks. You can plan a trip to Chicago. Give me a heads up. I'll, I'll give you a little once around. You know, it's, we can make it into a whole thing. Come see the show. It's going to be fun. Um, I mentioned last week briefly that, uh, I have a show opening with the new annoyance um, that will be on Tuesdays at eight at the at the new annoyance space at Clark and Belmont. Uh, our first preview is supposed to be May twentieth, um, so within the sound of my voice, you're you're invited. Uh, you know, I'll probably know by next week whether that's a go or not uh, but that's what we're going with for now uh, but either way that'll be on Tuesdays I'm really excited about it we just had my second rehearsal for it last week and it's uh or last week last night and it's uh on my mind to 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 start talking about because it's been a lot of fun to work on already anyway uh enjoy this we do get pretty I know I made this comment the last time that you know major league baseball was the topic but we do get pretty inside baseball at times so bear with that uh but i tried to make sure that we explained a lot of the things that got uh at least mentioned so if if i didn't then godspeed i usually will have a conversation with my guests up top and either tell them or not tell them that I started recording. So <laughs> I've started recording and I uh, will go ahead and preface that we may get interrupted as we have uh, a father at the table and a grandfather at the table, technically. <laughs> uh, two fathers. The yeah, there's two, two fathers. And a sleeping two-year-old upstairs. Right. A sleeping two-year-old. So the podcast might have to be slightly interrupted at some point. Today, my guests are Nathan Smith and Chris Smith. Yes, relation. (laughs) Just one. Unfortunately, we're related. No, very fortunately. This voice... Hi. ...is my brother Nathan, and this voice... Hello. Is my dad, Chris. Go Braves. <laughs> and as dad hints, we will be talking about our mutual love of Braves baseball because it seemed like a fun thing for all of us to do. And uh, we all certainly have it. All thanks to this old guy sitting with us. It would certainly be my fault. <laughs> Why don't His fault. Guilty as charged. Guilty as charged. <laughs> Why don't you start us out with... The inception of your love for Braves baseball, Dad. Well, I was born in Georgia Baptist Hospital in downtown Atlanta, Georgia. Here we go. I don't don't think you could get any further Atlanta native than that. I mean, you you very rarely run into people in Atlanta that are Atlanta natives. And, of course, I don't live in Atlanta now. But I don't think I could live where I couldn't see Braves baseball on television every night. So... That that's a that's a, 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 a you know a, a something that you'd have to decide if we were going to move somewhere. It'd have to be somewhere where I could get Braves baseball. You just have to invest in MLB TV. Yeah. The first the first Braves baseball game was in uh, the spring, whatever. I, I don't remember what month, obviously, but uh, well, let's say the April nineteen sixty five. No, the very first. Oh, the one. first. They they came 65. from Milwaukee to Atlanta. So, uh, yeah. how old were you in '65? I would have been turning nine that That's year. What I, right. thought. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to leave it up to you. I had already been <laughs> to my, my dad, your grandfather, Grandpa Brute. Grandpa Brute, right? Was was a baseball fan. I mean, not not a stupid baseball fan like the three of us, <laughs> <laughs> but a baseball fan nonetheless. And he had grown up up north, and he was a Yankees fan. And, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. 
you know, and he was a great guy. He only had a few failings in life. <laughs> but in any case, when living in Atlanta, there was no Major League Baseball. But we did have um, a minor league team that he took me to see a, a few times. And y'all, you got to remember, we're in the South in the <laughs> early 60s. I mean, the Civil Rights Act of 1964, that's when it was signed in 1964. So civil rights kind of were... Uh, not, a, uh, not on the up and up. Barely a side effect, so to speak. And the name of the y'all are not going to believe. This. Oh no! The name <laughs> of the Atlanta or the, the name of the minor league team, and I have no idea whose minor league team they were. But they were the Atlanta Crackers. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so we went to see the Atlanta Crackers a few times, and the Atlanta Crackers. Uh, Played at an old Ponce de Leon park down in, in the, Ponce the, de Leon. Ponce de Leon. <laughs> That's how they pronounce it in Atlanta. Yeah, it might be Ponce de Leon somewhere else, but Ponce de Leon in Atlanta. <laughs> so it was. It was obviously a, a big, big, big deal that Major League Baseball came to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. It was the first Major League team of any sort to be in Atlanta. Oh, really? In 1965. Yeah, it was before the Falcons, before yeah, the Hawks, before any sense. of the above. Right. So you can imagine the excitement and, and, and building this big, beautiful stadium, the old Atlanta Stadium, perfectly round. Fulton County? Well, yeah, I ended up calling it Fulton County, Atlanta Fulton County Stadium, somewhere along the line. But it, the old stadium that was there before they um, built the one they are using currently, um, they built Turner that for the Olympics Field. in 1996, but um, the old Atlanta Stadium, perfectly round, circular, perfectly really? round, yeah. And uh, was they built it, and they built the stadium to house the Braves, but they also built it because they knew they were going to work on getting a football team. Oh, really? And the Falcons did play there originally too. Huh. It was long before they built domes and things like that. But how long have the Falcons been in Atlanta? I don't know. Mm. Don't know. Don't, don't know. know about football. They played there. They, they, they played there we don't first care. number of seasons <laughs> at the old Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. And I remember going to um, baseball games in the fall where they had lined the field off to be a football game and then mm-hmm. they unlined it to be a baseball field. Mm-hmm. You know, well, they do that at, at Wrigley every once in a while now. Yeah, and they do uh, it. Well, like they still do that. They do it in uh, Kansas City, somewhere like that. Don't they still do it at Oakland Coliseum? I Maybe. I think you're right. Oakland. The, um, Oakland and before Maze. the Miami Marlins got their own park, right. they shared a park with the Dolphins. That's yeah. right. And but now anyway, they have built that, a really ugly Now they stadium. have a very ugly, bright green neon stadium in the Cubano <laughs> district of Wine, South Fish or something in the outfield. <laughs> in any case, Dad was took me to the very first Atlanta Braves game in... 1965, whatever the date was. And I was nine, so, I, you know, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew I went, but mm-hmm. I don't remember specifically. Did you, you have good seats, nosebleeds? Yeah. Got no idea. Have no idea. <laughs> um, but I do remember over the years going to lots and lots of Braves games. And the best thing about it was when Atlanta first got a, a transportation system, a transit system, a bus system. Mm-hmm. And this was long before the Marta. rapid rail and MARTA and all that. Um, the Riding the bus was really inexpensive. Y'all are not going to believe this. <laughs> it cost 15 cents to ride the bus. <laughs> I was going to guess a 15 cents to ride it downtown and 15 cents to ride it back. Now, you couldn't catch the bus where we lived. But one of our moms would have to take us over to Roswell Road or Peachtree Road to catch the bus to ride it down to the stadium. And uh, and obviously that was back in the day before your parents, you, you know, it wasn't a big deal to go put your kids on a bus and let them ride to downtown Atlanta and go watch a baseball 10. game. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I don't think we went at 10 like that, but probably as early, as early teens. teens. Yeah. yeah. Quite before we That's could cool. drive. Yeah, yeah. Before we could drive. That's awesome. Yeah. So we went numerous times. Walk up and get tickets for a couple bucks. A couple of bucks. (laughs) A couple of bucks at the most. (laughs) And the Atlanta Braves became, quote, America's team because not long after 
they came to Atlanta. Ted Turner was starting his television dynasty mm-hmm. and TBS. Mm-hmm. It was the first cable station that played the Braves games, and they played every Braves game. And what the they birth were, of yeah. Braves country? Yeah, <laughs> and it didn't matter. They played them. They played every Braves game on any television across the country right. that got cable. Right. That got WTBS. You got Braves, and that was it. I mean, it, that's what TBS was showing. That's what you watch. America's team. That's right. And they also would, would the game was played from, what, 7.30 to 10.30? 10, yeah. Well, they'd replay them again. Started really? one in the morning. So <laughs> nice. If you missed any other, you could catch the replay. <laughs> so if you were working second shift like I did, sometimes I'd come home and be able to watch the game. <laughs> Where would you work second shift? Was that the when I, when, I, place? when we were living in in uh, in Athens, yeah, in Athens at the chicken place. Yeah, that was where I worked at a poultry plant. Gold, gold kissed. Yeah, gold I don't, kissed. I don't think they exist anymore. So know, somebody bought them. He also got a a good um, messed up ankle souvenir from. Oh that yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> job. We don't talk about that. But it, anyway, I, I've been a Braves fan <laughs> since. 1965, and you Since know some of my the Atlanta Braves. Some of my fondest memories are are going to opening day. Okay, I went to opening day for years and years. Took you to an opening mm-hmm. day game, didn't I? Took yeah, you. Yeah, I was probably 14, 13 or fourteen. Yeah, maybe. Early teens. Yeah. Yeah. I packed up you and one of your friends, and we Mary drove Helen. all the way from South Carolina and down there for a for an opening day game. I remember. I think that's yeah. that is the only opening day. At, at Turner Field, I ever went to, I think. I think that was the first time I'd been to Turner Field. Oh, really? Since then, yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I was think I was trying to remember back if I had been to any other Braves opening days aside from that one because I went this year in Milwaukee. It wasn't opening day at, at uh, Turner at the TED, but well, and I am <laughs> ecstatic <laughs> that I transferred my love of the Braves to you two guys because then we have something in common. I look forward to baseball season because I wear out my thumbs texting back and forth with you guys about <laughs> baseball. And and unfortunately, we've turned Nathan into a serious seam head. <laughs> uh, <laughs> can't deny it. Yeah, go ahead. I know I don't really have a specific recollection of starting to follow it aside from like what you said but go ahead and speak to what you feel um, like your inception I, you know was. I can't I can't nail it down I mean I've become my wife would tell me I've become obsessed and I can't really <laughs> deny it I think um, that if my if uh, your dad and your sister would tell you that too but probably if, not if, with as if, much <laughs> if, if my employer were to were to pull up my internet browsing history and actually calculate how many minutes a day I spend reading Braves blogs and sports blogs and ESPN.com and MLB.com um, I may or may not work there much longer so I gotta I gotta watch myself when baseball it would certainly be along. frowned upon um, correct um but so it, it's gotten really bad for me in just the last few years. Um, after I graduated from college in uh, 2006, um, I started, uh, you know, I was just got into a regular routine, a regular habit, a regular job, um, and things like that. And got Less work to do outside less, of Less things to have work. to do outside of the 8 to 5 or, right. or whatever. So I just, uh, something else ended up, uh, had to find something else to put my attention on and it became Braves baseball and over the last and that was obviously six to eight years ago but over the last two to three is when it's gotten really hardcore yeah um I could easily say for probably the last five years I could name you the 25 man roster more or less at any point in the season (laughs) (laughs) and 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 portions of the 40 man and and anticipation of who you know who's going to get called up in September who's actually doing well in the minor leagues and this all comes with 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 reading the the blogs and whatnot that I follow now but um I definitely remember growing up, uh, uh, obviously, with with Dad. Uh, he's obviously a Braves fan, so we're always watching TBS. And I'm, I'm growing up and in grade school and whatnot in, in the 90s. TBS is still the Superstation, still has mm-hmm. all the Braves games. Um, 
I'm still watching them as much as you can. Um, I've got, you know, I remember when Sid slid. I'm a part of the, uh, Marybeth also is a part of the basic generation of Braves fans that absolutely don't know that, that for, they for a long time fans. that they yeah. ever, that, you know, never went they really through sucked. a time period <laughs> where the Braves were terrible. Yeah, they won and the pennant. Pretty much every year when we were going up. Yeah. yeah, won the division for 14 straight seasons. And, uh, and Bobby Cox, the greatest manager yep. pretty much ever. <laughs> and uh, you know, countless huge names that are just... Glavin, there. Maddox, and Smoltz. The pitchers, the hitters, Dave Justice, Chipper Jones. Um, that just like personify the Braves... For, for me and my generation and the Mary Beth's generation. So, you know, and I remember those games and whatnot, you know. I feel like then, you were even a, more in the sweet spot than I was because, like, Sid Slit, I was five. <laughs> so, right. and uh, I'll, I'll agree. Uh, that's, that, that's the truth. Um, and, and watching, growing up and watching, getting to see them go to the World Series practically every year right. uh, was, was really cool. I remember middle school having uh, uh, my, my Christmas present, I think, uh, one year in middle school was uh, a replica uh, winter jacket of oh, yeah. what the team was wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was really cool because I had the jacket that they were wearing when they ran out on the field when they won the pennant because, of course, <laughs> this is like late September, October, and all cold or whatever, and I had the exact same jacket. On. Was like, ever. I remember that jacket. Um, Those jackets are still in the closet. <laughs> I don't think it'll fit anymore. I don't think they have to wear the same jackets anymore. <laughs> yeah, they're a little they 90s. They change it so, that, so us fans will buy them every year. Right. <laughs> so, uh, and, and, I, and I remember that, and uh, like I said, the, the obsessions has just gotten uh, that much worse over the last few years with uh, uh, with more access to uh, internet and internet blogs. Um, I, I I find myself fortunate to live where I live. I love this city. I live in Richmond, Virginia. Um, unfortunately, I am outside of that parting line in the country that dad spoke of a moment ago where all the Braves games are on TV. I very rarely get to see a Braves game on television um, unless they're playing the Nationals because this is Nationals country and so boo on that. (laughs) Boo on that but I do get to see, you know, I can count on seeing 19 games a year and from time to time they'll be carried on MLB Network or on ESPN, and uh, so I look forward to those nights. To but be then able you to have to it. relegate your wife to another television, <laughs> right? And then I also have to listen to the the non Braves announcers. Oh, and yeah. I can't oh that's stand right. That. Oh, ooh, lame for sure. But um, I think it's cool. Uh, a lot of my friends in Chicago who are familiar with the Cubs and Harry Carey, I think it's really cool that Chip and Skip have both been Braves announcers, his son and grandson, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. And, of course, uh, their dad was the famous Harry Carey for the... Right. Just that's what said. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry I wasn't paying attention. Thanks, Dad. I was daydreaming uh, <laughs> about the Braves. <laughs> that's absolutely what I said. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so it's cool that, that uh, I mean, those are Chip Carey voices, mm-hmm. pretty much all of the... Uh, you know, now it's Fox Sports South games, but we've all grown accustomed to him being the guy talking or the um, Braves radio guys. Uh, if we're on the subject of radio, you know, uh, I still get chills. Mary Beth, maybe not so much because she was still only five when Sid slid. <laughs> I know Dad yeah. does. But well, every I time I, every where time I, was, I, uh, I don't remember where I was because I was oh, still I know where you were. I was talking to you, you on were, the phone. <laughs> okay. Um, you, but I, again, I was still too young, but I remember the scene and I remember the setup and I remember the call. I still get chills. I get chills thinking about it. I get chills when I see it on television. I get chills when I hear it. Describe recently. Sid slid because unless people are. Diehard baseball fans listening to this, they're I, not going to know what that okay. reference is. Um, game seven. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's game seven of the 1992 Three, yeah, I thought. No, 1992 NLCS, yep. Atlanta Braves, Pittsburgh Pirates. Yep. Now, this is a Pittsburgh Pirates team uh, that actually had Barry Bonds on it Yep. Uh, before he left for San Francisco and got on the juice. Um, <laughs> he was skinny. He, yeah, he was skinny. But uh, it was Game 7, 1992 National League Championship Series. The winners going to the World Series. It is the bottom of the ninth. The Braves are down by a run. 
There is a runner on third. There is a runner on second. The runner on second's name is Sid Bream. Who is the first baseman. He's the first baseman. There is no first baseman in Major League Baseball that has ever played Major League Baseball that that would be considered (laughs) fleet-footed. And there is a pinch hitter at bat. His name is Francisco Cabrera. Cabrera. Unless you're a Bays fan, you'll never, never. hear that name again. <laughs> you actually might hear that name again because there'll probably be another Hispanic. No, there'll oh. probably be another Hispanic player in the major Maybe leagues with the Francisco same name. Francisco Cabrera, but, uh, not, but not all the but all the Braves fans from that era know who Francisco Cabrera was, and they're playing him. Uh, I'm not sure if they're necessarily playing him to pull, but there was a big gap in right center field. And lo and behold, if he doesn't take that pitch and put it in that gap, and there, correct me, Dad, there may have been two outs, so everybody was running on the pitch anyways. Yep. I think there were two outs. I'm not sure if there were two outs, but it didn't really matter. It didn't really matter. Everybody was running on the pitch because they knew it was going to be down. So the run, so he placed, he smacks this ball into right center field. The runner on third, who I think is Dave Justice, scores easily. And and here comes. The score gets tied. So so obviously the game is tied at that point. And now the entire stadium is going bonkers. Run, Sid, run. He is is running as absolutely possibly fast as he can. He makes the turn around third base. The the cameras are following him. He gets down. He slides down. Gets in under the tag. And the the call is what makes it. And Mary Beth, you might need to figure out a way to to, to edit the call into this so we know what we're talking about. I'm sorry I can do that. Which you just have to do. But but, but, but Skip Carey comes in. Sid slides in, he goes, and he's safe. Braves win, Braves win, Braves win, Braves win. Four of them in a row, and just the entire stadium, the entire city went absolutely bananas. The entire entire team piled on top of him, and you know, Skip Carey is going, they're going to have to cart him off in an ambulance because he's at the bottom of the pile. The Braves are going to the World Series. It's the most incredible thing for any Braves fan from that time period. And the most depressing thing for any Pirates fan. Because, 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 because that was the last time until 2013 year, yeah. that the Pittsburgh Pirates had a winning season. Not just a Much postseason appearance, to the post-season a winning, winning season. season. That was the last time they had a winning season. It's a season. pretty touchy subject. So, I'd also like to point out that my father is crying right now. <laughs> I remember to my I, had, I had moved to Sorry, we got to keep the volume down a little yeah. bit because the two-year-old is still I had, yeah, I had moved to uh, to where we live now, uh, I and I was living in temporary quarters until the family moved there. It wasn't very far, about 75, 80 miles away. But oh, that's I, right. I remember I'm in this hotel room I remember it watching this game, and it got to the end, and I call the house, and I get, I get Nathan on the phone. This is long before the days of everybody having September a cell. September of 1992. You'd have been nine. 83, I was nine. Yeah, yeah. so you were the same age I was. The same when age Dad was first when he game. started his oh, brace game. Oh, that's cool. So I, I had him on the phone, and we're just screaming and jumping up and down. It's amazing they didn't throw me out of the hotel. <laughs> you, you know, it's like... People my age remember where they were when they heard that President Kennedy was shot, and, and people your age maybe remember where they were at, on, on 9 11. Oh, I absolutely do. Uh, I absolutely Well, do. it was your first day of college. It was my it was very, very first, first day, day of, of classes. Class. Yeah. In my very in my yeah. freshman year of college. Well, um, so I'll never forget people that. My age, uh, you know, have a lot of things to remember, but uh, that's one I remember. I remember where I was when. When the Georgia Bulldogs beat Notre Dame in the Sugar Bowl for the national championship, <laughs> you know, things like you know important things. <laughs> important things. Yeah. The birth of your children. Oh, I was there for that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I did. I do remember that. Y'all were both born in Athens General Hospital in the heart of Bulldog Country. So, <laughs> yeah, nobody of your friends knew that. They do now. Uh, I'm, I'm fairly certain. Uh, pretty much everyone who would consider themselves my friend knows that I was born in Athens, <laughs> Georgia. Uh, 
Cool. Um, that was about what I expected from both of you on that. Um, yeah, I also, to echo what Dad said, look forward to Brave season every year now. And I, to echo what Nathan said, also started following way more once I graduated from college. It's just something that you have more time to do. Baseball is such a uh, time-intensive sport to follow if you really want to more than just looking at box scores the next day. Uh, but I like it. I, I've, I've done a whole monologue about it with the Nerdalogs before because we did a show last fall that was a 1993 show because it was 20 years after 1993. And you best believe that I talked about Braves baseball. <laughs> <laughs> so I went through and said something to the effect of, you know, I watch, listen to follow on my phone or exchange texts with or read about the next day 162 games yep. and if that doesn't sound nerdy to you you're not listening hard enough <laughs> <laughs> that is obsessive no that's no to doubt. me the definition of being nerdy about something is being that obsessive about it and that is i would say i scratch the surface where that kind of thing is concerned especially compared it's, to nathan it's it's compared to me i'm i'm sitting at work and i um i don't have have my own Twitter feed, but I I use my internet browser to follow Twitter feeds, and I follow you know at Braves and and all the beat writers for the Braves and a handful of others, and I always know that for a seven or seven thirty game, the lineups usually get tweeted out right about three o'clock, <laughs> and right about three o'clock I'm on my computer and I am probably refreshing the Twitter feeds every every couple of minutes. It's it's really really bad. <laughs> So much. Well, baseball lends itself to nerdism. It totally does. And then you also that's, have and that's, all that's, the statistics. Exactly. And that's, that's part of what gets yeah. me into it, too, because, um, you know, I'm a mechanical engineer. I've always been drawn to numbers. Um, and numbers have always been uh, a really cool uh, element of, of of science uh, for me, just numbers in general and statistics. And I, and I know that's part of what draws me into. I try to think about, I sit down and I try to calculate out, okay, what's Braves record going to be if they win all their series, if they split all their series, if they, if they lose the next one, what was their record in April, all the, all the new sabermetric statistics. Um, so I'm, I'm drawn to it from that aspect as well, trying to calculate numbers and, and, and things like that. And uh, which I, which I find, uh, Really, really cool. Um, I can't. I think if 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 I had the time, you know, if I didn't have a two year old, and uh, uh, <laughs> I may find myself, uh, <laughs> I, I, I contemplate. I've contemplated potentially, you know, writing my own Braves blog, but I've never really tried to write anything online. So. Don't look for that for me at any point, but, <laughs> but it's, it's that much of an obsession for me that I probably could. And, I absolutely uh, think so. It's, I, it's I definitely cool. think so. so. Yeah. Well, the, the, over. The last century, probably longer than that. Of course, baseball's been around, I don't know what, eight, since uh, the late 1800s. Yeah. Well, the Braves are the oldest continuously operating franchise in baseball. They've been. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, yes. They, they were the, the, the Boston Bean Eaters, and then they went to Milwaukee, and then they went to Atlanta, and. Uh, they're the oldest continuously. So operating. did all the other original teams, like the White Sox and stuff like that, had breaks somewhere in between? No, no they, just they started later. They just oh, started really? later. What, what were the other original teams? If they weren't the teams, the, that, the, the teams that the Boston Bean Eaters originally played just don't exist. They anymore. also had yeah. other dumb names like the Boston Bean Eaters. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> I don't think the Braves franchise was the Bean Eaters for very long. They yeah. were the Boston no, Braves. Like then they became the Boston Braves. Then the Milwaukee yeah, yeah. Atlanta Braves. Yeah. But, but it was they, like the, you know, they, New York hot been, dogs. <laughs> but they've been keeping track of these statistics since then. Mm-hmm. And brave, uh, not just Braves fans, but baseball fans live and die by these statistics. And it's the only sport where if you, if you're, you know, 
successful 30% of the time, you're damn good. <laughs> yeah, if you're, but if you're only successful 20% of the time, you, you suck. suck. <laughs> yeah, right. so, yeah. So somewhere, somewhere in the neighborhood of between 20 and 30% is okay. So, and, and if you're 40%, you're a god. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> You've been elevated to godlike status. So, you know, it, it, here's a sport where, you know, offensively, if, if you – if you do something positive offensively three out of ten times, you're you're paid ten million dollars a year. Yeah, you know, and I I just gave Nathan a, 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 a early Father's Day present of a, a, a copy of the movie Forty Two, mm-hmm. and the you know it's the Jackie Robinson story and it was very well done. It's historically probably pretty close to accurate, and I mean I'm pretty sure it's Hollywooded up. Um, Harrison Ford does an incredible job. If you've never seen the movie, please go rent it. Get it on Netflix. Do something. Watch 42. It's really good. But in any case, Jackie Robinson's first um, contract in 1958, he was paid $600 a month. And that was an astronomical amount of money. It was, that was big, big money. Mm-hmm. And and the minor league guys get six hundred dollars a week now, you know. And they, and they some of them barely pretty, get by. And I'm pretty sure Clayton Kershaw gets six hundred dollars for every breath he takes while he's standing on the mound. So <laughs> he gets one six hundred dollars for every breath he takes sitting on the bench. <laughs> I think I, I don't think I have Clayton Kershaw on my fantasy team. He was my first tri- round draft pick. <laughs> it's a good thing he's been pitching so well so far this season. Oh wait, he's, he's yet to throw a pitch deal. this season. And that's not true. He played one game. It was oh, one, he played one of the Australian games. games. Yeah, so I have his stats from that, and then he's been on the DL since then. So my team's been doing really well. Not <laughs> really well. I'm seventh in a league of eight. Um. <laughs> Whoopsie. Here we uh, go. Now we know the rest of the story. Um, I was going to bring up uh, Moneyball because we're going to talk about sabermetrics, and we're going to talk about movies. Have you seen Moneyball? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> I know Dad has because he loves it. It's amazing. It's really good. It's so good and it's uh i think and it billy, makes what's his name is still playing bean ball billy bean billy bean still it's, playing really yeah, well, he's, he's, he's he's still, still the, the gm of the a's yeah, yeah well, you said playing he's still playing he's billy money ball money ball he's, oh, he's playing still playing money ball i see yeah, he's still still running the and team the a's, that way i i like the a's as a, the a's as an are, the a's have been competitive very have been very well competitive in the, for the last past few years i was bummed out when they got when they didn't make it any farther last season than they did. Well, they got to the ALCS? No, I think they, Just I the ALDS? Think they made it to the championship. Oh, yeah, because the entire uh, division series, everything went the way I didn't want it to go. Because <laughs> I wanted like the yeah, Braves, that's about right. the Pirates, the A's, and the Rays. And I think the opposite four teams yeah, went. Opposite, yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. Boston, Detroit, uh, Dodgers and the Cardinals. Right. Yeah. And it was awful. Um, well, okay. First of all, I want to do history type stuff before we talk, start talking about the, the modern era Braves. Would either of you have uh, a favorite either like uh, year of the Braves? Like twenty, like you said, 25-man roster or a favorite all-time Brave? I know those aren't know. super easy questions. Well, I I grew up following the Braves in a whole other era than right. you guys did, um, and and players come and go, and but you look at the the long term guys, the mm-hmm. Hank Aaron's, the, the from Didn't the old you school. Play little league with Hank Aaron's kid or something. No, like that? Um, I I had the privilege of going to school with his oh, son. Right, right. Know, or or they had the privilege of going to school with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, pretty uh, sure, I'm, yeah. Sure, I'm pretty sure the privilege was yours. Then. <laughs> yeah, they that, uh, I I I, um, I grew up in another time and place, and I ended up going to a, a private school. Part of the reason was to avoid being bused to accomplish desegregation in Atlanta. 
But that's for a whole other blog. <laughs> for a whole other uh, podcast. Uh, uh, podcast. Podcasting. Yeah, podcasting. Yeah. yeah. Well, come on. I'm, I'm old, remember? <laughs> but in any case. That's the problem. Yeah. You can't yeah, remember. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I ended up going to a private school, but it was, when it you, was a military For Marist? School. Okay. Yeah, that's I what I thought Marist. you were talking about. I went to, when I went there, it was an all-male Catholic military school. I thought you went to Marist to knock some sense into you, but maybe that well, was Well, uh, I think PC there was some of that involved, that too. Yeah, there, there was some of that, too. Or maybe you just didn't want to admit that that was well, part and, of it. Maybe, <laughs> hey, wait a minute. This is going to be public and on the Internet. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, case, they all have heard the, me the, talk for the 40 plus episodes. The very few <laughs> minorities that were in my school were... Um, <laughs> upper middle class sure minorities and that included Hank Aaron's sons Larry was one son but I don't remember the other this was Larry before Aaron. you went to Maris no they oh, were at Maris. while I was there oh, they were cool. younger than me but and they came as I was a I don't know, junior and senior, his sons came. So he would come to our ball games. Hank Aaron would come to our ball games and his sons. And then we, Hank Aaron was just a regular. I mean, he was just a regular dad, you know, at That's the school. Awesome. But he was still playing ball, obviously. This was in the early 70s. He was still a brave. And, of course, I remember April 15th, 1974, <laughs> opening day, Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. And... The shot were heard around the world of the Hank Aaron 715. Yeah. And that you guys have that video now. You'll be able to see. Oh, really? You'll be able to see. Yeah, it, Dad just gave us a compilation of a bunch of things that he recorded on his DVR. The, the Braves, Braves, the Braves celebrated the, the Braves opening day this season, 2014, happened to fall on the 40th anniversary of the day that Hank Aaron hit his record-breaking 715th home run to break Babe Ruth's long-standing 700 record of 714 home run career home runs hit. And I was there. It was opening day. And Dad was at the game, just so, so, so it was a big opening day. It was it was a big deal, and uh, that's awesome. Which is pretty cool. That was my senior year in high school. That's awesome. Um, so well, well, that's, where, really. that's where we're going. So I, <laughs> you were going on with, with Hank Aaron. Hank sure. Aaron, of course, being you know a Hall of Famer, probably one of the finest men you ever want to shake hands with probably you know one of the greatest athletes that ever played sports Mm -hmm. okay um but then you go into the modern era the more modern era i guess and the people that that make just gab cods of money (laughs) but they don't they don't flaunt it, and they don't wear it on their sleeve. Yeah. You know, I, I, sure. I look at some of these the guys who are still humble in spite yeah. of a, yeah. a culture and a sport, frankly, that doesn't make it easy to stay humble when they're paying you hundreds yes. of millions of yeah. dollars. Yeah, and, and I think baseball, you, you don't see as many of those prima donna types yeah i, I don't know why and if you and do maybe they're I'm wearing just... yankee pinstripes and that's that's made big market that guys probably less to do than necessarily with than the with the person and more to do with the organization, the organization. And the city and things yeah. like that but yeah it does seem to be a more prominent thing to have kind of crappy guys in say pro football or pro basketball, then it. I think it's just. It's a. It's the a, culture. It's, yeah, it's, it's the this, culture it's of the sports. sports. It's the overall sports culture than the sports history. I um, mean, obviously, baseball has been around longer uh, as a professional sports league than any of the others, and and it's just it has that culture from back. Uh, pre-segregation times and, and 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 but that culture has maintained its way all the way all the way through through baseball it's 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 always I, I'm pretty sure correct me if I'm wrong it's always been considered a gentleman's game I believe maybe it's been called that before well, if you really if remember. you remember seeing some too. of the old movies and old old news clips of baseball that people wore ties to the game yeah. and, you know that mm-hmm. kind of thing so yeah maybe Maybe um, so it, it's always kind of been considered that, and it's it's just so that so that kind of that kind of culture for the game. I um, think part of it also is the literal, you know, structure of games in the season mm-hmm. when you're only playing 
a game a weekend during the season, you play 20 games a year, you can kind of afford to be a little bit of a dick and, and kind of phone it in. Because, because you know, you can take that kind of thing for granted. But when you have to go out and play 162 games. Plus a month-long spring training, plus the potential postseason. Right. And you got to travel everywhere That's with, your this, whole with this year. group of, of 25 guys, plus whoever might be injured and is right. traveling with the team, plus all the coaches and yeah. the managers and the, and the staff. Um, it just seems like it'd be a totally different culture than, it, it and not to, to say be. it has to be. And you can't be, you can't be. be that guy and yeah. and and stick around. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And day in and day out. Not to say that you know, I'm all those other sports have nothing but those guys. There are stand-up athletes in all sure. the other sports. Sure, but it just seems like it's harder to be that guy in baseball than it is in other sports. I know. I know there have definitely been times in my recent memory when the Braves have traded a guy, and it seemed like partially for personal reasons. Right, because he might have like seen the guy wouldn't get in along the in the in the clubhouse, and I think that's always kind of cool to hear about that that the org doesn't want that kind of negativity surrounding it. It always kind of bolsters my well. I think they the make team. those decisions based on. Uh, clubhouse synergy and mm-hmm. things like that but, and so a lot of those kind of decisions are made based on uh, how's he going to fit in right. not just I what talent cool. is he bring yeah. I mean even even this year when we were kind of scrambling for starting pitchers it was really nice to hear that Urban Santana wanted to come to Atlanta you know other places offered more money yeah I and thought I that know, was pretty cool too I know so it he has knew there was a culture here that he wanted right. to be right and of. I know it has a part uh partially due to the fact that he wanted to pitch in the National League, but other National League teams offered him money too. And this is, you know, where he ended up and it's turned out great for us so far. So most definitely. Uh I think that's really cool. I think that's something to be proud of as as an org. I think oh, do you have favorite teams or or um, players that I you can think I of? I can't go with a specific year. Um and I was sitting here while that was going on. Um <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't for the last few minutes. Just, just thinking about it, and uh, I think the most, probably the most identified player of my generation, and at this point, Mary Beth's generation, is Chipper Jones. Mm-hmm. But he's not the one that I would think that um, that I would like to specifically pick. I think, and this probably is because of what I've really realized over the past few seasons. I'm getting more into baseball. And that's Greg Maddox, because mm-hmm. that guy was a genius on the mound, and he had absolute control of that game from the first pitch to the last pitch, the whole way through. And, it, and he had it in his and he had it in his mind, and he knew exactly what he was going to do with every pitch, where it was going to go, what sequence he was going to do. He knew what he was going to change out of the sequence if the batter, you know, fouled it off and it was a strike, or if it was a three zero count, or if it was a one two count. Um, he just he just completely managed and ran the whole game from the mound on his own, and it was it was a mental thing for him, and the mental acuity, and then the physical ability to put to pinpoint accurately throw every single pitch wherever he wanted to put it, and not throw it 101 miles an hour like all the young guys coming right. up in the major leagues are trying to do now, and just try to blow it past the guy. He's he's playing mind games in spring training. With the anticipation that he's going to face this hitter three months later in the season, and that still just, have their number, and he's yep. he's the modern to me he's the Braves version and practically the modern modern era baseballs, you know, Cy Young and um, uh, you know Chrissy Mathewson and those kind of guys that just in in an older era that just you know nobody could hit them you couldn't hit them they'd get. 30 wins a year they'd get hundreds and hundreds of strikeouts a year and and just but the way he uh, you know the, the the articles I read about him now of course he's going to be enshrined in the baseball hall of fame later yeah I was going to mention that too with, he uh, got unanimously voted right no no not, not quite there were four putzes that didn't put him on the <laughs> yeah, who, whoever would didn't vote for him is um four out of how many several hundred. hundreds yeah, that's what I thought hundred. 
Um, it may have been seven. I, I don't know. It was, Either way. It, however many. Single it was, digits it was, out of hundreds. Uh, right. Idiocy. And other bloggers have written about what idiots those guys are yeah, for not yeah, putting them on ballot. Exactly. So I just, I, <laughs> those I, seven dudes. Yeah. I, I find it. Uh, <laughs> I, I found what he was able to do uh, incredible. And I didn't appreciate it when he was doing it because I was still, you know, I was still in school and mm-hmm. just, and just, you know, either, um, uh, high school, grade school, or early years of college. And so I was doing the college thing and less the Braves, th- uh, mm-hmm. more college thing at that point than the Braves thing. But, but looking back on it now and, and seeing the way he was able to control games and reading about stories like that and the way mm-hmm. he was able to just, like I said, from, from, from first pitch to very last pitch, whether he was ahead or behind or the game was a blowout or, or what, he just he had complete control over the entire thing mm-hmm. and the mental acuity and the physical ability to pinpoint the, the placement of his pitches just just baffles me and um, it's just an impressive ability for me That's you don't a yeah, great I mean, answer. And, you, and you don't win 18 gold gloves in a row and you don't win <laughs> three Cy Youngs in four seasons with without that ability and mm-hmm. I just I find Greg Maddox to be incredible there's uh I have two things one is uh I think it's also easy to take players like that for granted when you just get used to how they perform, they just show up and do it every single time. And you don't think about, you don't necessarily think about how different that is from somebody who doesn't show up and do their thing every and single time. But the, the surprising thing is when it, when he fails, when right, it doesn't work. Right. right. And that's yeah. the thing is like with uh, my roommate, Stephanie, who I've absolutely turned into a bigger Braves fan than she was before we started living together, which has been really fun to share that with my best friend, someone who is also from Georgia and also considered herself a Braves fan growing up, but was never someone who would follow every game. Like, she pretty much does now, <laughs> uh, which has been really awesome. And we, you know, went to Milwaukee together this year and had a total blast. And she's incredibly enamored with Freddie Freeman, and it's everything about it is great. But Kimbrel, who's the current Braves closer, who is the same kind of just show up and get the job done every single time. He's the best closer in the game right now. He literally just won Closer of the Year for 2013, I think. Yeah. Uh, but he had two games in a row relatively recently after taking a break where he just had shaky outings. And Stephanie was just like, what's the deal? What's he doing? And I'm like, Steph, you got to understand, this is what closes are usually like. You just got used to the fact that he was one and done every single time. And that's an incredible thing. What's happening now is a human thing. And then, you know, after those two outings, he went back to form and has been closing everything out no problem when we get to the point where we need a closer. Um, so uh, that I, I would draw that as an analogy personally, just as, like, you don't think about how good guys like Maddox are until they get out there and struggle, and you're just like, what the heck? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah Every other much. time, he's incredible. Yeah, guy's <laughs> human. He's not a robot. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the other thing I was going to say was that, oh, that's another tie to the Cubs, because Maddox Greg was a Maddox, Cub for a he while. He started his career yeah. as a Cub. He ended his career as a Cub. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and because and he, of that, he's, he's going gonna, into the... He's going to go into the Hall of Fame with no, no specific team, no oh, hat on his plaque. Interesting. And that, was, that, and that was his choice. He didn't want to choose. He won a Cy yeah. Young with the Cubs before coming to the Braves. He won three Cy Youngs in the World Series with the Braves. Um, and he went back and finished his career with the Cubs. I think he also pitched for San Diego in there uh, yeah. after leaving the Braves. Um, the book I want you to read has him on the but, team. But... Um, so it was What's just it was interesting. So, <laughs> oh shoot! <laughs> and Dad has to pull out something to look up the book that yeah. you just told Nathan he wants did, to read. He's told me about it. I can't remember. Told about it two or three um, times. I just can't remember. Yeah, that's that's a great answer, especially you know for him to be such a part out of, of my league. What's what's it? What's the deal? What's it about? It's a rookie survival in the bigs. Oh, a cool. rare gem of a baseball book. Author of the bullpen gospels, Dick Hayhurst. He was... <clears throat> he had a little bit more than a cup of coffee in the major leagues. All right? 
And but sorry, he had like yeah. a season or something. Well, more than one. Okay. okay. I didn't know what you but meant by a, a, a little whole... bit more than a cup of coffee. <laughs> Explain cup of coffee. Uh, generally, generally, a cup of coffee is when a minor league when 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 rosters expand on September first, and anybody on the forty man roster is eligible to come play for the major league team. You call up some minor leaguers to give some of your regular full time uh, roster players some breaks, and if that's that's usually considered a cup of coffee. You know, if that pitcher is now on the roster for the next season, you know, somebody, some announcer may say, oh, and, and here's so-and-so, and he had a cup of coffee with the team last September when uh, he was called up. Interesting. I knew that was something that happened when rosters expand. I yeah. never would have known that it was referred well, to as Well, you have a to, the, the minors don't pay yeah. big money. Yeah. All right. Unless you're what they call a bonus baby, and that's in that book. You know what a bonus baby is. Uh, a bonus baby is somebody that gets signed out of the draft for a big piece of change, mm-hmm. but gets assigned to the minor league. Oh, so right. They get, so they get, um, uh, you know, bonuses outside of. Well, they get brought up. Well, they get they get a signing bonus. <clears throat> if, if a player gets drafted by a major league team, that player has the choice of whether or not to actually sign with that team. Correct. Mm-hmm. But if they're if they're in high demand. Then they have they will normally get a large signing bonus, and then if they get a large signing bonus, you know, like a seven figure signing bonus, then while they're in the minor leagues making five hundred dollars a week, they've, they've, they've got, got a million dollars in the bank. They're the called bank. a bonus baby, gotcha. right? And they, they're the guy that has to to buy lunch when the team goes. To <laughs> I remember uh, last season, and this would be a good transition into one of the last things I want to talk about. Um, last season when uh, Evan Gaddis got called up and, and brought into the fold with the Braves, a lot there was so much talk of uh, his transition from going to going from kind of you know job to job janitor money to just making of the minimum rookie salary, which is what six hundred thousand uh, dollars. Last last season it was four hundred ninety thousand dollars. This season it's half a million, five hundred thousand yeah. dollars. So here. you go from making six hundred a week. To three thousand a game. Yeah, and uh, so. all of his friends. They'd interview his friends in the stadium, and they'd be ribbing him about yeah, how he, he'd he's be picking up dinner. the checks, yeah. <laughs> and he eats, you know, Where enough for four people tonight, in the beginning yeah. <laughs> to begin with. No um, waho for me. <laughs> uh, cool. Let's talk about uh, the current state of Braves baseball, because all as all of us have. Uh, or as Nathan and I have gotten older and gotten more into the game as we've spoken to, uh, I feel like we're super familiar with what the team has done in the last few seasons. Uh, how do you guys feel like that compares to, you know, that really, uh, that heyday in the 90s, the kind of, uh, we had a few seasons in the mid-2000s that, weren't stellar and I think it's kind of we're kind of on the upswing again I think we've done the right we being the Braves have done the right thing with the young players that we have and Mm -hmm. and putting together a core Um, the 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 economics of baseball have really hit hard with the Braves Mm -hmm. they are playing in a, in, God forbid, not that old a stadium, but they're playing in a stadium that doesn't have the ability to have uh, the amenities surrounding it that a lot of the other stadiums have, the, the shopping meccas and all this kind of stuff. So they made the decision during the off season to build a whole new stadium in the burbs of Atlanta and be able to build it with all these amenities around it and the hotels and mm-hmm. the shopping malls. and the, uh, the mm-hmm. Because being in downtown Atlanta... Uh, it, it's kind of constricted. Yeah. Another do for, so, for let me let me let me interject yeah. on the stadiums because I was looking at this not too long ago. Um, we're talking about building new stadiums. You would think this is you know something that doesn't happen very often. There are 30 teams in Major League Baseball. 14 of them have built new stadiums in the last 10 years. Let's we'll put that out there. Really, in maybe, the last maybe, 10 years, okay, maybe 10, maybe that. 10, maybe 15 years. But I think half, That's fully half, half, yeah. half, fully half of the major leagues have stadiums that are. Newer than built, we'll, we'll go back to say have been built since 2000. Wow. Okay. And Turner Field was built. It, Turner in Field was built in 1996 for the Atlanta Olympics. Correct. But it was built 
next door to where the old one was, mm-hmm. so they could utilize the same parking facilities, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, they et cetera. have the. But there's none of the amenities around it. It's yeah. it's it's landlocked in a downtown. You, you can't. And that's another similarity there. with Chicago. If you, if, you, if you walk away from from Turner Field on the sidewalk, and you get five minutes away on a walk, you're you're in, you're nowhere. Yeah. 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 Basically. So well, they, they, they've done that to, to, to make this decision to put um, to, to put a new stadium in place. And that's going to increase the revenues because they're going to be able to control the piece of the pie that they get from these additional revenues because mm-hmm. the Braves are going to be the driving force behind the construction and the economics of this new place. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, in anticipation of that, they have signed their their young talent, the Freddie Freemans, the Anderson Simmons, Craig Emerald, into long term contracts. Chris Johnson. Yeah, Chris Johnson just the other day. Yeah, uh, uh, into long term contracts that won't expire until after this new stadium gets into place, and they and they structured them with back end money mm-hmm. to where for the next couple of years they're not going to make this huge money, but by the time they get in the new stadium, they'll be able to pay them this huge money to keep them from jumping ship and going somewhere else throughout that and, transition. And, and people like Freddie Freeman, who are currently the Braves' first baseman, that. He's 24. 24. 24. Mm. That's younger than you, Mary yes, Beth. That's I'm younger well than aware. you. And here's a guy. He will be, it, you know, will be is probably a bad way to say it. He is a baseball superstar. Mm-hmm. And he will continue to be a baseball superstar. And can command whatever salary he wants down the road. And the Braves have got him locked up for the next eight years. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of thing that they need to do in order to maintain their competitiveness mm-hmm. and to get back to where we were in the 90s, winning every year. And, and the expectation of that they're going to win, mm-hmm. okay? Because for the first 30 years of their existence in Atlanta, the first almost 30 years, they won exactly two pennants. <laughs> One was in <laughs> 1969, the year of the Miracle Mets, and I've hated the Mets ever since then. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then one, and then again in 1982, and then not again until 91. Yeah. So, the the Braves over the last twelve, no, last twenty years, have fostered uh, an environment of winning, mm-hmm. and in order to to continue to, to to have that environment of winning they they've done the right things they've yeah done the right thing i think it's place. a really exciting time man that off locking everybody down during the off season for me anyway seems so unexpected in terms of just i think it was how many people they locked down I and for was, how long yeah i think it was, was pretty much unexpected for 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 all the braves fans and then once pleasantly unexpected well, i'll say yeah. but I mean, once once freddie was locked down he was the first one to get a super long-term extension mm-hmm. um, for big money um and it was the dominoes just started it falling and within crazy. the next couple of weeks you know uh, uh craig Kimbrell signs a contract anderson simmons signs a contract Julio Terran signs a contract an extension, and uh, and it just became. Uh, by that point, the mentality in Braves country became, okay, who's next? Who are you gonna yeah, sign next? It really Franklin? was, Let's go. yeah. Um, and 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 it's been very cool. And Excited. That, that hit so. it on the head. They they made the decision to build a new stadium to try to uh, in, bring in new revenue streams, which was the only way they were going to be able to uh, maintain uh, the ability to put a winning team on the field. Well, mm-hmm. because some genius signed a long term TV deal that was. Peanut. Yeah, I knew that was so another have, aspect of have, all the financial no stuff that we were going through. They're not making like, any money off their TV deals like yeah. a lot of the big market teams, like, yeah, like the, the Yankees, Yankees the, and the Dodgers, Dodgers get and the Angels, and the Phillies. Million dollars a year yeah. from television. Ungodly they can numbers. suck as bad as they want and still get two hundred fifty million dollars. When is the contract up for the TV deal? Another ten years. Yeah, at least. it's way down the road. <laughs> oh boy, that's no good. Uh, cool. Well, let's wrap it up. 
Um, the last question that I usually ask, uh, as I do typically have creatives as guests, I would consider both of you guys creatives, though, um, is how do you feel like your love of the Braves has influenced your life both creatively and in general? Mm. <laughs> for me, um, I feel like it's a way for me to uh, to maintain... Uh, uh, it's the numbers, I think, aspect mm-hmm. part of it, which is you know obviously more just baseball in general than specifically the Braves. But I gotta have a single team to focus. Sure, on. but the numbers, the the numbers and the statistics and the winning percentages and the batting averages and things like that gives me uh, gives me a focus, uh, gives me a way to focus my 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 mind energies or my energies uh, because they're always so focused on numbers and I love numbers so much that it gives me a way to focus them on something other than. Uh, when I'm trying to design uh, packaging machinery uh, like I do for a living. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why I think it's a, it's really cool. It gives a, a, a way to, to, to incorporate the numbers into into something that I've, that I've grown up really liking and whatnot. Anyway, sure. So. Totally understandable. As far as I'm concerned, there's only two seasons. <laughs> baseball and college football. Yeah. The rest of them, yeah, not so much. <laughs> so... The, the creative part of uh, creative, the heck with that. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm creative, and I do. Some of the things that you do are as a result of having loved them like I have. Yeah. Um, for better or worse. For better or worse, <laughs> right. But in any case, my favorite thing about baseball and, and, and college football, for that matter, is being able to communicate with you two. Mm. And when it's not baseball season, it just isn't the same. <laughs> <laughs> baseball is a sport that anybody can play, and I'm looking very, very much forward to the day when I can see my grandson play <laughs> T-ball and little league ball and that kind of thing. He was, uh, he was smacking some balls off the tee outside yesterday. Yeah, he was. <laughs> At two. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> that, that's that's why baseball is baseball's baseball. That works for me. That works for me. This was really fun. It Thank was. you guys for cool. doing it. You bet. Thank you. I say this at the end of every episode, but it's especially pertinent for this one. I love you, and I mean that. <laughs> you better. We love you too. We love you too. <laughs> This has been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.